superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I am excited. This is the Rich Eisen Show. That schedule frightens the hell out of me, though. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We are thrilled. And that is, you know what? That's the royal we. Could not be more happy to have the head coach of the New York Jets. It's been too long since I've spoken to Robert Sala. I, I, we got to win more games to get on the shoulder. Oh. <laughs> Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Coming up, senior writer at The Ringer, Kevin Clark. Plus, co-host of Top Gear America. Actor Rob Corddry. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air live from Los Angeles, California. Um, I've already um, received a, a couple of tweets. Um, should I button this top button here? Because it is open. No. And, no, I think it looks good, don't you think? I mean, it's great. It's not, that, it's not that significant, is it? I mean, I, I think you really. should unbutton another button. Well, well I mean, I'm not going to go, Jerry. It's not winning time. Yeah, that's what we want. I mean, my gosh. You. <laughs> yeah. you, know. you know, keep going. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> should I come in with like a Jerry Bus wig one day and just that's what, uh, and just do the show? Maybe and see we should do that for uh, for Halloween. You want to go with Jerry Bus? What do you think? In you got to grow the got to grow the mustache out. Oh God, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I still have a job, don't I? Every day Where? or every Sunday. I mean. It's only a couple weeks. It's fine. Who's going to explain to Roger Goodell why I look like Jerry Buss on game day morning? You can. Ah, that's correct. <laughs> just invite him on. RG1. Well, one. Hey, RG1. a lot of things to worry about, just Rich. Send him a no, selfie. Your mustache is high on that list. I, no, can sneak that, I can sneak that one past the goalie. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers grew his hair out the whole year yeah, for that greasy right. John Wick look. Yeah, what, do you th- what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? Do you think He's that? the face of the Packers. You're the face mm-hmm. of the NFL now. Understood. And then, and then after that, we diverge. I think right. the Raj would understand if you're doing it for Halloween. Okay. It shows a commitment. Uh, great conversation <laughs> to kick off hour two. Mike Florio is going to join us in about 18 minutes' time because Deshaun Watson has settled 20 of his 24 civil lawsuits. What does that mean? We'll get the, the man who knows the NFL and the legal world uh, in one brain on this program in 18 minutes time the funny brilliant rob cordry will be here in hour number three in person in studio he's got a new uh second season of motor trend plus's top gear america uh, it's on motor trend plus the motor trend amazon prime video channel and um it's gonna be neat stuff uh once again from him and uh, Dax Shepard and Jethro Bovingdon are uh, are on that program once again. But joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is a man who's been some compelling material on this Live Tour v. PGA Tour uh, kerfuffle that has broken out in the world of golf that has now uh, taken even more uh, steam out of the PGA Tour and into the Live Tour with word that Brooks Kepka is about to join the Live. Joining us from the ringer is our friend Kevin Clark once again. How are you, sir? I'm good. I support all buttons being unbuttoned. Just to get on the record. Okay. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Brockman, it's interesting though, that you have your golf shirt all go, the way I go up. Full. You go full I like go you're full like button. you're in Rain Man. Yeah. You, you got the Rain Man look working well, right there. I'm going to play after the show, so oh. I'm just getting ready. Uh, so we're, we're, we're right down the middle, uh, if you will. Center Love cut. Center, center cut. Yeah. So what did you make of uh, the news that Brooks Kepka is uh, about to tap out of the PGA Tour and join the live? What do you think? Wasn't surprised because last week Brooks came out and said, you guys asking about this are putting a dark cloud over the U.S. Open. And I think there's been two types of reactions when every player has been asked about this in press conferences. Guys saying, I'm not leaving, I'm staying here. Um, or, or they're saying, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. And we tend to, by at this point, know what that means. Colin Morikawa came out today. There were all sorts of rumors that he was going to be the next guy. He said, I'm staying. Um, Victor Hovland, another example of a guy there were rumors about, he, he told uh, the local Norwegian press last week that he's staying. So we're, we kind of know where the battle lines are being drawn. For, for Brooks in particular, Rich, 
Um, I'm not surprised in that he's another one of these guys. I'd put Bryson in this bucket. I'd certainly put Phil in this bucket, um, where we don't know what their earning capacity is going forward. Brooks has been injured for a long time. Um, he was, I think, 55th last week in the U.S. Open. It's not like he's dominating right now. Uh, obviously, Bryson's been hurt uh, the last year or so. Um, so I think that, it, it, you know, kind of the morality angle aside, I certainly, um, that, that is the angle. Um, but when you talk about the fact that these guys can make nine figures guaranteed in golf, um, yeah, they fit the profile of, of a person who's going to jump to live right now. So where does it go from here in your estimation? Like I said, you, you've written uh, yeah. quite, a, quite a, a bit of copy on this subject matter and no yeah. doubt thought a lot about it and, uh, and reporting about it as well. What do you got? On that front, what do you think? The best, the best case, the best case is it transitions to old school wrestling and becomes like NWO, WCW, and four times a year these guys get together. That's if the majors don't ban them, and it has to be all four uh, majors have to not ban them in order for this to actually get off the ground, and then to live guys with the PGA guys. That will already hurt golf as a sport because people will get out of the rhythm of just watching it weekly. I mean, I, I love. The players, I love the memorial. I love Harbortown. Like I love seeing the week-to-week kind of traditional tour stops. And it would be a real shame if, if the live guys um, were never able to participate in that. And I, and I would find myself liking it less. I think the future is two AAA tours rolling around in the mud with each other and not on, on a week-to-week basis, mm. not having a lot of buzz. Um, you know, it gets to be. I'm a huge boxing fan, Rich. Guess what happens when the best don't go against the best regularly? People tune out. They don't. People are saying, "Oh, it, the, you know, the intrigue of who's going to go to live is the best, you know, most buzzed golf had in years." Well, yeah, that only lasts a couple of weeks and a couple of months. It's going to wear off. And and what happens next year if Brooks has a huge year and DJ has a huge year and we don't get to see them in the final pairing with the John Rahm or Roy McIlroy because of money and politics? That's boxing, and that's why I don't get to talk boxing a lot because nobody cares anymore. Hmm. That's uh, pretty bleak, bro. I mean, there's no... It's it's a pretty bleak situation. You know, uh, because I guess Liv is banking on that if Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and so on and so forth, and they add more names, big names, huge names, and half the live field, you know, they can send out a release that we've got six green jackets and these many claret jugs going today, and you need to tune in to see it because they find some uh, iconic golf course to have them on and they can gimmick it up like that, maybe you'll find it. Is there any possibility that they do get a television partner? Uh, you know, like the Fox business channel or something like yeah. that. I mean, like, I'm, no, you laugh all you laugh all you yeah, want, no, man. No, I know. Cause you just no, described right, Kevin, I, Kevin, you just described these two, these two entities going at it. Like instead of a Ryder cup, it's the world versus Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like that's what you basically yeah. just described for a golf uh, competition, you know? Right. So they had talks with Fox early on, months before any, and years before any of the names were announced. I think at some point, you know, they got Arlo White, who used to cover, uh, used to call the Premier League on, on NBC. Um, so they're trying to legitimize the broadcast. I think we have to see where this goes. I think we have to see if the PR hit dies down. One of the things Liv is banking on, quite frankly, um, is the idea that by Tournament 5, and I think it'll probably, it'll probably be heightened to pull as the next event, but by Tournament 5, 6, or 7, people stop asking questions about where the money is coming from. People stop you know, asking Lee Westwood in press conferences if he wins, whether or not, I mean, the question was asked last week, whether or not he played a golf tournament for Vladimir Putin. I mean, those sort of questions, do they continue or do they, uh, they, they die down? I think that's, once that happens, that's when you might see more legitimate broadcasters say, okay, you know what, you have DJ and Brooks and Bryson, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pay millions of dollars uh, to broadcast that, or we'll do some sort of revenue-sharing thing. Um, but I don't know necessarily what the future of sort of the legitimizing of it is. And I, and I also think that, you know, how compelling is the product going to be? What happens, Rich? There's no cut to this. What happens if the reason that Brooks and Bryson and Phil and DJ have joined is because they've played their best golf? Does anyone, you know, Phil was 10 over in the first tournament. Uh, does anybody really want to see these guys labor around? So it's a bet not only on the personalities, but that these guys are going to play really, really, really good golf. If Abraham Answer goes out there and destroys all these big names, I think that they have a bit of a problem. Well, I don't think Kevin Clark of the Ringer here on the Rich Eisen Show, I, I don't think we'll ever forget where the money's coming from. I mean, did that, I agree. because, you know, it, 
it's all about the money why these guys are joining, yeah. right? It's not like Brooks Kepka really loves the idea of a shotgun start. You know, I mean, yeah. or, or, you know, Dustin Johnson really wanted to screw the PGA Tour. I mean, I, I, honestly, yeah. it's it, it's because there's a bottomless pit of appearance fee money uh, yeah. for a league and, a you know, an entity that does not care about turning a profit. So it's all about right. the money and it's about a bottomless pit of money that, uh, you know, if, like, let's just put it this way. If the XFL or USFL had $2 billion to blow, right, then, yeah. then there might be an issue with, with them competing against the, the NFL. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, like, I, that's a, that's I a totally fact. Agree. I totally agree. And or any league. I had, a, I had a discussion last week with a friend, and I said, if your business model can be disrupted in a week like this, did you have a bad business model? Is that evidence you had a big, bad business model? And they said, well, well let, me, let me push back on that. What sport couldn't be completely disrupted by, by this sort of thing, by, by the Saudi PIF investing? And you think about the NFL, Rich. You could, in theory, so the, the analogy, the, the, Dustin Johnson's making about 60% more than he's ever made in his career, career earnings. Uh, over the next four years. The analogy there, math-wise, is if Aaron Rodgers were signed to a four-year, $436 million contract. That's the equivalent of what Dustin Johnson is getting relative to his career earnings, okay? And, but what I think is, okay, in theory, in two years when Aaron Rodgers is ready, is ready you know, to wind things down, in theory, you get Aaron Rodgers. In theory, you could get Matt LaFleur. But what you can't get is Lambeau Field, Matt LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers all working in concert together mm-hmm. in the, you know, the, the, the traditions that we know every Sunday. That's why you get 50 million people watching a playoff game, 40 million people watching a playoff game. And that, to me, I think that the, the cap of a new sort of league is always going to be sort of AAA, um, AA in some cases, because I, you know, we just have things that we're used to seeing, and it's really hard to disrupt sports in that way and really take over. But to answer your question about you know, what, whether or not we're going to forget, you know, uh, there was a guy, Jamie Weir, on the No Laying Up podcast last week talking about Newcastle United. This fund also owns the soccer team Newcastle United. Mm-hmm. And for two months, everybody said, okay, uh, you know, they're, they're going to sign these guys with Saudi money and whatever. And then it kind of defaulted to, oh, you know, this guy looks pretty good. The manager's doing a good job. Um, I do think that there can be an element of fatigue, and that's why I don't think we're ever going to forget where the money comes from. But the more sports is played, it's literally called sports washing, and the Saudis have admitted to wanting to do it. They say it on their own website, uh, not that term, but what they're trying to do. And they think the more sports is played, the less we talk about it. And, and typically that's how it's worked before, Rich. Kevin Clark of The Ringer here on The Rich Eisen Show. Before I let you go, last year you gave us a, the, the nod during July Hey, don't sleep on the Bengals. You gave us that little heads up because you went on, you know, your uh, your annual training yeah. camp tour. Where are you planning on going this year? Where, where, where are you putting your markers down for your your visits coming okay. up in just a few well, weeks, Kevin? So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do like I always do, which is 20 teams. But here's one thing I've 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 staked my claim in already. Okay, Jacksonville has the Hall of Fame game. Okay. I don't think Jacksonville is going to make the playoffs this year, but I think Trevor Lawrence was a legitimate NFL coach. I, that's my first stop in training camp. Um, I haven't told the Jaguars that, but Jaguars are listening. I'm coming. Um, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, Doug, Trent Balky overspent in free agency, but that doesn't mean they didn't get better players. That's a much improved team, and that's a quarterback that, if you watched the tape last year, still was much better than what the numbers say, and I think he's still on the superstar track. I'm sticking my claim in Trevor Lawrence. He's my first stop for the training camp tour. He's going to have a big year relative to last year. You know what? You're touching on something about uh, the Jaguars or Doug Peterson is they essentially hired two coaches and one. They hired Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson, and they hired not Urban Meyer. That's who they hired. That's right. Uh, uh, Maybe one of the biggest examples of addition by subtraction in the history of the modern era. No question. Uh, by the way, and and I know every single time I go on in on Urban Meyer, it's just like, well, you're a Michigan guy, and you're you're bitter about him beating Michigan. Uh, it sucked. I, I I hated losing to Urban Meyer, no question about that. But then I, I I worked with him at the draft on NFL Network. He called in one time prior to a Michigan Ohio State game. I mean, I, I, I this is nothing personal. It's got to do with seeing somebody faceplant so spectacularly, and also go ahead and denigrate. The, the hard work of some longtime NFL people and also yeah. bring that entire profession 
uh, a slap in the face based on all of that. Um, and then seeming no responsibility taken other than saying it was all on me, you know, like that, that, that doesn't cover the transgressions that we saw. But that said, um, now that I, I feel better of trying to quit myself of, of uh, an argument that you're not making, um, but it just so it's 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 Peterson and also the fact that he's not the other guy that I think is uh, going to be significant in Jacksonville for sure. I com- I completely agree. It, it's going to be it's not going to be a huge Joe Burrow type year, but it's going to be a big big leap forward. So where who else are you going to go visit? Who else you're con- interested in seeing because probably, of that? I mean, I really want to do go to I really want to go to Cincinnati again. Buffalo has become one of my favorite stops because that's such a compelling team. And also the one thing I'll tell you about Buffalo and training camp, Rich. I don't know if you've been there, but man, do they show up on on July 28th? It might as well be. It's like October in some cities. I got. I, was, I had a meeting with Dable last, in the last July, and I thought I could just mosey on up to the stadium on a scrimmage day, and I got stuck in one of the most brutal traffic jams in Orchard Park, New York, Rich, in <laughs> July, and it was Bill's training camp traffic. Well, like, you, there's no training camp traffic anywhere else in America. I love it. You also mentioned Dable, uh, Kevin. Nobody's really talking yeah. about the New York Giants because of how – putrid their last five years have been truly one of the worst stretches in the history of a very proud franchise what do you think he's bringing to that equation and can actually turn around what do you think what do you think can make quarterbacks better instantly um you know the thing i'm worried about a little bit rich is that what if you make daniel jones look so good that they 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 think he's the guy and they kind of talk themselves into it. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is a long term plan, but I think he's going to be much better than we think this year because of the day ball bump. Because some of those players is a little more legitimate legitimacy. Um, GM I really like. Uh, met him briefly down at the owners meetings in March. Um, I think it's just going to be a step forward. I think there's almost no talent on that roster. Dave Gettleman was was you know fine guy, uh, but just a remarkably bad general manager. Missed on some first round picks. Um, I mean, some, some actual just washouts, guys who, um, you know, who were out of the league within 18 months in some cases that were premium picks. Um, so I think that there, there's a lot of work to be done there. But the thing is, a guy like Brian Dable, who made one of the best coaching jobs in modern football with Josh Allen, and obviously Josh's work ethic and talent has had a lot to do with that. Um, that's something that I've talked to, to both of those guys about quite a bit. Um, but it just raises the floor and brings some legitimacy. I, I don't think there's any scenario in which they're a tire fire this year um, or kind of in the Bryce Young sweepstakes because I just think Brian Dable is going to win because he knows his way around an offense. Well, uh, look for my call during your training camp tour. We'd love to, to get your thoughts in real I'm time, ready. what you're seeing. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Great stuff, uh, as, as always, by you and The Ringer. Much appreciated. All right. See you. See at you by Kev- that's Kevin Clark of The Ringer, at by Kevin Clark on Twitter. I follow him. You should as well. Let's take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show. Mike Florio, what does it mean that Deshaun Watson has settled 20 of his 24 lawsuits? He will give us his two considerable cents. Counselor Mike Florio, paging him to the bar when we come back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the program. Callaway Rogue ST Driver, they're all out there for you. There's four different types of drivers. The ST Max, but by the way, I used expertly yesterday. Oh, how did you play? Um, well, outside of that, uh, I putted very well. Oh, great. Nice. Uh, the rest of it, not so expertly. <laughs> Putt for dough is what I've heard. Uh, I was scrambling. I was a scramble chef yesterday. Oh, nice work. I was literally like that guy with a pan. And some onions and some chives, whatever you do, and put in your eggs. But anyway, the uh, Rogue ST drivers, there's four different offerings. The ST Max, which is for most players. If you want a dedicated draw model, there's the Max D. If you want the stronger trajectory, more neutral ball flight, there's the Max LS. The Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, that's the compact low spin head that the tour players absolutely love. Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. Um, good stuff. Uh, no question about it uh, uh, from Kevin Clark um, from the ringer. Just a um, just a, an honest assessment. He called it two triple A tours. You know, and I'm sure the live tour, the live tour. Well, I mean, there's still enough top notch players to go around. One would think, one would hope. The live tour is probably like you know. Last year, we they they created the match between Kepka and Deshambo, and they, you know, that's what they got now. They're gonna have both of them. Yeah, I mean, but I I guess it dilute. It just dilutes if they could all be on one tour. Like back, like like always, but I mean, DJ is ranked 16th in the world right now. Everyone ahead of him is playing on the PGA Tour, so you know the best players are still in one spot. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the show. He's uh, the man who starts every single day here um, when uh, Pro Football uh, PFT Live is is on the air. Man, uh, kind enough. Of, well, that show's on hiatus, and if I'm not mistaken, he just tweeted out he just came back from his physical. So we say Moon River. To Mike Florio joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How you doing, Mike? Good. You know, there is a debate within the medical community about the necessity and the effectiveness of that specific test. Yes, sir. Okay. And they are in the process of phasing it out, but not yet. Aha! <laughs> not yet. Very okay. good. Glad to see. Glad to hear you hearty and hail, Mike Florio. Glad to see you hearty and hail um, uh, at Pro Football Talk is uh, where we follow this man all the time. Okay, Mike. So um, I, I reached out to you, and you were kind enough to say yes on short notice because this happened ten minutes before we even went on the air today. Tony Busby uh, confirming that twenty of the twenty-four lawsuits, or all lawsuits, <clears throat> that have been filed against Deshaun Watson through he uh, as the lead attorney. Uh, all but four being settled. What, what's your opinion on that? What, what to make of that news? Well, they say that wisdom often never arrives at all. It's better if it comes late. And this was long overdue. It was something that needed to be done from the get-go, before the first lawsuit was filed. It was mishandled by Deshaun Watson's representatives. They not only failed to seize upon an opportunity to settle the Ashley Solis case for somewhere in the neighborhood, I believe, of fifty to 75000 because the opener was 100 and it's always negotiable downward. They pissed off Tony Busby. He started rounding up more plaintiffs. He began to realize what he had here, and the next thing you know, there's 22 cases, and they almost settled them in April of last year. Busby wants confidentiality as to the amount. Watson and Rusty Harden, who's involved at that point, wants no confidentiality, basically so they could brag to everybody about how little they paid these plaintiffs to make them go away. Falls apart then. They tried last October to pay everybody $100,000, all but four were willing to take it. Deshaun didn't want to do some, most, almost all. He wanted all or nothing. Falls apart then. So now he realizes, let's just knock out the cases that we can get. And whether it's 100, whether it's another zero, whether it's somewhere in between, who knows. But 20 of the 24, and I wouldn't be surprised to find out it's the same four holdouts 
I don't know that yet. That hasn't been disclosed. The only person that we know did not settle is Ashley Solis, the very first plaintiff, plus three others. But this is an, an, an effort to end this. And this is what Deshaun Watson needed to do. Take his reckoning, find a way to achieve an amount that constitutes justice from the perspective of the individuals who are accepting it, and move on. And this greatly streamlines the process going forward. Trying four cases takes a hell of a lot less time than trying 24 cases. So this is a good development overall for Deshaun Watson. Doesn't mean he won't be suspended. Doesn't mean he'll be suspended any less than what he was going to be suspended. It just clears away 20 cases that would have had to have been dealt with in a court of law, start to finish, and it would have caused this thing to linger probably into 2024 if you only have the off-season to do these trials. So this is the first huge step toward Deshaun Watson putting this behind him. Well, Brian McCarthy, NFL spokesman, saying, uh, um, quote, today's development has no impact on the collectively bargained disciplinary process. Um, read between lines for me on that one, if there are lines to be read between. There are no lines to read. It's, it's absolutely 100% accurate. It has no impact. It has no effect. It's a separate branch of the justice system. You've got the criminal, you've got the civil, and then you've got this in-house NFL-created justice system aimed at matching the expectations of the public with whatever consequences ultimately imposed on Deshaun Watson. And I was told last week the NFLPA bracing for an unprecedented suspension. Mark Maskey of the Washington Post said that that probably means one year, and that's the proposal. Where it ends up through the disciplinary process remains to be seen. So that's still coming. And, and if anything, and look, settling a case doesn't mean that you're conceding that you did anything wrong. But there are a lot of people out there who will look at a settlement and say, if you really didn't do anything wrong, why are you settling? And there are many reasons to settle something even if you did nothing wrong. In some cases, the settlement amount is less than what it will cost you to pay for your legal fees from now till the end of the case. So it becomes a, a business a decision that is made without passion and with pure objectivity. But people don't want to hear that. They're going to assume that he paid, therefore he must have done something. And, Rich, something I just posted. One mm-hmm. thing I had a chance to start to get my, my brain around this. With one plaintiff and a confidentiality provision, pretty difficult for that information to ever come out because they put some language in the agreement that gives it real teeth. Typically... There's a liquidated damages clause that says, if you blab, we can come get all the money back. So people shut up. When you got 20, somebody's going to blab because that person can hide among the other 19 and say, I didn't do it. How are you going to prove I did it? So you find a reporter that you trust, and you tell the reporter the amount or show the settlement agreement, whatever the case may be. I think it's going to get out. I think it's inevitable that we'll know what Deshaun Watson paid. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. What, what do you think the Browns are thinking about this news, about the settling of lawsuits? What oh, they've got to think this is great news for them because it, it dramatically reduces the headaches, the distractions, the diversions that are swirling around the franchise. And now they're not looking at the possibility of all of the 2023 offseason devoted to however many cases they can try then. Then all of the 2024 offseason devoted to however many more cases they try then. And then whatever's left over, who knows? This shrinks it down to something far more manageable, and hopefully it's a step toward, from, from Watson's perspective, a step toward getting the other four cases resolved, finding an acceptable bottom line. Maybe these other four just simply want more money. Maybe they, they are holding out for more, but they think that their rights were violated to a greater degree. They want to see him dig deeper than what he's digging for the first 20. So there, there's a chance that this is step one toward all 24 being gone. And, and I think, I know from my experience when I practiced law, once you get a defendant who has multiple lawsuits, whatever it is, corporate, individual, whatever, once the wallet's out, it becomes a lot easier to just be done with it. You just want to be done with it. What if somebody doesn't want to be done with it? What if Ashley Solis, who is the first and clearly has uh, been the leader uh, of this packet, as, as it appears, I, I just by reading and, and seeing and, and how um, she might be inspiring, uh, have, have inspired others to come forward. What if she just wants to take this to trial? What would mean? Oh, then it, then it goes. And it'll go next year at some point between March 1 and August 1 of 2023. 
and it will be a, a, a protracted fight, and one of the big issues will be how much of the evidence regarding other claims made against Deshaun Watson will even be allowed to come into evidence, and, and uh, there will be a, a verdict at some point. Barring a settlement, this thing goes to trial, and there's a verdict rendered by a jury, and it's a crapshoot at that point. It's like flipping a coin. I mean, it, it really is. And Deshaun Watson could have won all 24 of these cases, but the reality is it's like flipping a coin and having to come up heads 24 straight times but does because that, you have a different jury in every case. But does that... Got, sorry. But does that, does that get televised, Mike, though? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just because... Well, I don't, I don't know what the law or the rule would be in the courtroom that has... You know, every court has its own laws. Right. Some will only do the Tom Brady melted face sketch, <laughs> and, and others will, will park the cameras there and let the whole thing be televised. <laughs> Yeah, you're referring to the worst sketch uh, drawing in the history of sketch drawings uh, that, that occurred. His own personal de- de- Dorian Gray portrait. Defl- Deflategate from back in the day. There, again, the only reason why I ask that is it, it, it's just I, the protractedness of it is what can continue to make whatever uh, penalty the, the league levies um, less effective or, or seem uh, less toothy. Right. Because you're learning more and you're hearing more and the court of public opinion can get more sour on 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 the player and uh, and the the handling of all of this. That's the only reason why I ask. So what is a good point, Rich? And here's the reality. The NFL could impose a punishment now and then come back to it later based upon what happens right. as the case unfolds. However, many are left. One, two, three, four or more. There could still be others who file a lawsuit. That's a, that's a different wrinkle altogether. And Tony Busby, as a practical matter, may now be less inclined to try to file other cases. It may be kind of a wink nod between him and Rusty Harden that he's out of the Deshaun Watson business. You can't put that in writing for ethical reasons, but there can be an understanding that Tony Busby isn't going to file any more of these lawsuits. But as it relates to the NFL, you know, the problem is with this third party who's now involved, you better truly have something new. It can't just be well, we thought we understood the evidence, and we thought that it was going to be no verdict or a small verdict, and it ends up being $10 million, so we feel compelled to impose a greater punishment on him based on the facts we already knew. That's not going to fly. It would have to be truly something new that they didn't know, couldn't have known, shouldn't have known if they want to swing back around later if the verdict in any of these remaining cases make the punishment seem like it was too lenient. That's the big risk they take by punishing now. With one or more cases going forward, there could be a statement from a jury that that creates the impression that the NFL failed to go far enough. But the fact that he settled doesn't mean that the legal or the the person who is looking into all of this goes more lenient. Is essentially what that statement from McCarthy I don't think it will. Not at all. I, I think it makes it more likely there's going to be a suspension, not that there wasn't going to be. Right. I heard last year that the Dolphins believed that there was going to be it was either six or eight games. Hmm. Uh, if if he had settled all of the cases, because remember the Dolphins, they had the right idea. We want all the cases settled before we're going to do the trade. The Browns should have insisted on that in March, and the Dolphins, whether they and they may not have even had any basis for this, they may have been wrong in their assessment. But it was somewhere in the neighborhood of six or eight games if he had settled them all back then. But but you know, in recent weeks, it feels like it's taken more of a negative turn against Deshaun Watson. So it's going to be compelling to see what happens, and they could propose a year. And the disciplinary officer could knock it down to half a year, and then Roger Goodell maybe picks a midpoint between the two as the end result on appeal, and he misses 12 games. Who knows? It's all to be determined. But they need to determine it pretty soon because you've got multiple steps that need to play out before the season starts. Before I let you go, Mike Florio, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Lamar Jackson's press conference uh, last week where he finally spoke publicly about his contract and the conversations and whether he thought he was worthy of it. Maybe that was the reason that was posited by the owner of Steve Bishotti that he didn't, he hasn't uh, engaged or accepted a generationally enriching contract is because he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. He refuted that notion, didn't guarantee he'd show up for training camp, but said he'll be a Raven for life and like kind of like letting it all roll off his back. It was, there's no frame of reference in terms of, uh, you know, previous quarterbacks to have uh, taken this tack. Uh, I wonder what you thought and what is going on based your knowledge. This, this, this is a prime example, Rich, of how different the media accounts of what he said seem in comparison to actually watching him and listening to his words. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the one thing that really resonated for me when he was asked about Deshaun Watson's contract 
and the relevance that, that contract has to him. And he says, I'm my own man. It doesn't matter to me. That I, I was already 100% convinced he needed an agent, so I can't be any more convinced. But it didn't make me any less convinced he needed an agent. He needs an agent desperately because Deshaun Watson's contract is relevant to him. To Josh Allen's contract is relevant to him. You don't walk into it saying, I'm my own guy, I do my own deal. You, you build on the efforts of those who have come before you. That's how it works. And then somebody else who comes after you builds on that. You go out and get the best contract that you can. And, you know, there are people who think he's just trying to avoid paying the 1%, 2%, 3%, because it's a big check to write every year. It doesn't come out of your pay. It's a big check. A lot of players don't like to write it, and that's fine. But, look, you, you make more net than the 100% that you get to keep if you do it without assistance. Mm. And something I publicly suggested last week, the Ravens should just say to him, if this is about paying the fee, go hire an agent and, you know, 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever the fee is, we'll just gross up this deal and we'll pay the fee for you if, if the issue is the fee. And I think it would be money well spent by the Ravens because then they could have a traditional and normal negotiation where they can get to a fair deal for everybody, and at the end of the day, they have to gross it up. Yeah, it's not, it's not an insubstantial amount of money, but it would be money well spent by the Ravens to offer something like that if, if Lamar Jackson would do it. That would make it even more unprecedented, a team saying, hey, hire an agent, we'll pay for him or her. Oh, and you know, I, was, I mean, hey, then Jimmy Haslam could do a press conference complaining about Steve Bishotti's contract. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't tell me how that tastes, because uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, there, there is no frame of reference. That's why I said when I'm my own man, it's like you sure are. I've never seen anything like it. Is it possible? Because everybody keeps reading into what he's saying as, as well, he's hold, he's going to hold out, or he wants to, he wants to eventually be the Dolphins' quarterback. He's trying to work his way. He's got like some LeBron type plan he's hatching right now. Or he's just some kid who just loves playing ball and just goes about his business and thinks everything is just going to fall into place anyway. You know, uh, I, I don't know what to make of it. Really do not. A few, a few weeks ago, I offered three potential explanations, and I was led to believe, based upon people that I know who are connected to the situation, that these are indeed the three possibilities, and we just don't know at this point what the truth is. One, he wants out. Two, he doesn't know what he wants. Three, he expects the Ravens to show up with a no negotiation. Here's the offer. We're not going to haggle. We're not going to talk. We're going to make you the highest paid player in the NFL, and you don't have to do anything other than recognize, yes, this is the, the best contract that's ever been given to anyone. Where do I sign? That it's one of those three, and time will tell what it really is. But, hey, Rich, you know, it's funny. We see guys say things. We take them at their word, and whether it's coaches, players, whoever, it happens all the time. They say it, we take them at their word, and then they do something diametrically opposed later. And we never really learn the lesson that maybe we should sometimes be skeptical about what guys are saying when the, the microphones are, are capturing their words because maybe what they really want to do is something different altogether. I mean, it's possible for everybody. We don't always bear our souls when we're in a setting like that, so it is possible he's trying to finagle something to Miami or, or he just definitely doesn't know what he wants to do. That's very possible. Mike Florio, thanks uh, on uh, such quick notice. Really sure appreciate thing, it. Rich. Thank you, Matt. You be well. See you, pal. You got it. That's Mike Florio, everybody. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. So, okay, let's take a break. Phone calls before hour number three. TJ Jefferson has his list of best players in the history of every team in the NFC South and cannot wait to hear him say the words Tom and Brady for the Buccaneers. <laughs> That'll be fun to see if he says that coming up. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. John in Louisville, Kentucky. Let's take some phone calls here on the Rich Eisen Show before Rob Cordry joins us next hour. What's up, John? Hey, Rich. How you doing today, sir? I'm well yourself. I'm doing well. Uh, I just want you to know how much I'm I'm a big fan. I I hope you understand how much you do for a lot of sports fans, and I, I think I speak for a lot of them saying how much we appreciate everything you do. So thank you for that, first of all. Thank you. And uh, I've been a Browns fan for over 30 years. And, uh, I mean, I live and die Cleveland football. That's always been the thing that I love, that and Ohio State football, being a kid that grew up in Ohio. And uh, I'm just really disappointed in the NFL. I'm really disappointed in my team. Uh, I don't know how anybody with any common sense can see all the things coming out about Deshaun Watson and seeing how – and saying he doesn't have a serious problem. Um, I just, where's the morality at anymore? I mean, I'm just a normal guy that punches the clock nine to five every day, goes to work, takes care of my family. But I spend a lot of money on the NFL, a lot of money on, you know, Sunday ticket, buying Browns merchandise, and I just can't do it anymore. Like, I just don't see how anybody can root for a guy who has the morality that he has. I mean, I can understand that people make mistakes, they got something wrong with them. At least admit you have that problem and and try to get better. He's taking no responsibility, no accountability. And as a Browns fan, I just can't root for him. I just can't do it, Rich. Well, I appreciate uh, you you calling and kind of pouring your heart out like that, man. Yeah. You know, um, I hear you. And, you know, a suspension, I, I truly believe, and thanks for the call, John, is coming. And if it arrives, um, those are the words I need to hear Deshaun Watson say. I take responsibility for what happened, and I need to go somewhere and work on myself and really dive into what's going on. But like I said, so far he has not at all said a single syllable into a microphone to date whether it was his introductory press conference or the press conference held last week, to say anything remotely close to satisfactory in helping me understand what's going on in his mind and his world and his life and how he conducted himself in one of the uh, lawsuits that still is outstanding uh, was filed, uh, the first one filed, and (laughs) she was left crying by the experience. Uh, (laughs) There's something up. Mm. when that happens and um so um i i i don't know what else to make of it other than the fact that browns fans who tweeted us whenever this is happening the conversations that we've had and we've gone all in on the subject matter i find it very important to to discuss and i'm not going to duck it so um Rich. A lot of Browns fans have been defending him in that regard, and I don't. I think it's indefensible. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to def- how anybody. And I know that you want to root for him, and you're hoping he scores a bunch of touchdowns. And he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna serve a suspension. And he's gonna come back. It's going to happen, unless he's criminally charged. Then that would be a totally different ball of wax, wouldn't it? You're about to say something, TJ. Well, you know, not to to put the Watson stuff aside. Just getting back to what the caller said, and I understand having issues with Watson. But also I think, you know, sometimes it's human nature. We kind of look at the negative of things. You got to remember the NFL, there were a lot of great men in the NFL who do a lot of great things for the community for, you know, and just look at the Walter Payton man of the year award, how that's taken over pretty much from the MVP. So I'm saying, I realize that this is a, is a, a red mark, so to speak on the NFL, but there are so many other 
people in this league yes. that are doing amazing and great things. And right. I know right now we're concentrating on this bad thing, and it is bad. But I wouldn't allow myself to, and I get what he's saying, but like I said, there's a lot of good going on in this league. Well, too. I'm glad you you said that. Um, if I said it, I might be prone to hear that I'm an NFL yeah. guy, that I'm that I'm an employee, I'm a stooge, or anything like that. And I'm very, you know, obviously sensitive to being called such. Absolutely, yeah. So, because I have taken in next year is going to be 20 years for me on NFL Network, 20. And ever since I started in that job, I have been moved by the players that I've met and I've taken it as a responsibility in my job to make sure that their activities in the community to show what a pillar they are within the community and what good fathers and husbands and and community-minded people they are and make sure that that is out there when an outlier occurs that we don't hear a statement like the one that we just said where I'm so sick of Deshaun Watson I'm gonna I'm I'm tapping out of the entire NFL and it is it is my pleasure and honor to talk about that and and that's why I'm so mystified when I hear people who have been involved in the NFL, whether in coaching or in the media, who, despite being around players and seeing who they are and what they're about and also the plights that many of them have fought through and still feel today based on who they are, their upbringing, the color of their skin, say things that betrays how they haven't picked up a single thing from covering the players or coaching the players. Haven't picked up a single aspect of their upbringing, their world, their beliefs. And it just, it, it, it's just like, how have you not picked up on it? How have you not learned from it? How have you not become empathetic or sympathetic to it? So, kind of does touch on a, a nerve right there. And again, I know the Players Association needs to uh, be there and defend all of their members of the union. But when you're reading about this and you're seeing about this, that, hey, if the suspension comes in significant, we're going to start talking about the owners and what you've done for them. And that's that is a that is a viable statement. I understand from their point of view. But based on everything that I've read, there should be a significant suspension coming. And hopefully that will take uh, give a cue to a, a, a listener and a viewer like. Our friend, I believe John just called in with right there. To, to not tap out, not give up. I mean, Dak is a perfect example of being a, a shining, guiding light. Uh, Calais Campbell, Andrew Whitworth. We could go on and on and on. Yeah. And, and many of the players who do have that standing in the community should feel outraged when they see behavior like this on display. And support a punishment, quite frankly, that I think is due and should be coming. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Rob Cordry's coming up. Also next hour, your NFC South best player in the history of the Saints. Falcons. Best player in the history of the Falcons. These are these these are these are these are good. Best player in the history of the Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. Falcons one is easy. Moussa Muhammad? <laughs> he, he's on the list. He's okay. on the list. Okay. You know? Jake Delhomme. Jake Delhomme. Super Bowl. Best player in the history of the Panthers. I think there's a number one in your program that might be that guy. A number one? Not a number 89? Number 89, too. Yeah. <laughs> one of them was the MVP of the league. This is tough, man. Number 89. One of them's going to the Hall of Fame. That's correct. That's one's going to the Hall of Fame. 
then the best player in history, the Bucks, Tom Brady. He's going <laughs> to name it. It's coming up next. <laughs> the Bucks one is actually really hard. I mean, I don't feel as though Mike Allstott would school. appreciate that. You can go old school. You can go old school. You can go Leroy Selman. You can go Derek Brooks. You can go 99. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely do all of that. Look, I'm, I'm you thinking gotta, about the, the greatest trick shot uh, participant in sports, Brad Johnson. Steve Smith for the Panthers. You get Cam Newton, hey, man. Hey, just stop naming names, man, right, because, right, you know. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Getting too close to home? Maybe. <laughs> now, now, now you know how Brockman feels when I start mentioning news items that is uh, in his news update that's coming up. He hates that. <laughs> Archie Manning, right? For the Saints? Hmm. I mean, you know, there's a list and he's on it. There's yeah, number nine. Oh, yeah. Someone's already in the Hall of Fame, Sam Mills. Oh, and uh, I think TJ. Man, guys, stop it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's focus on something else that TJ is ready for his close-up. Got it. Um, <laughs> TJ is ready for his close-up. If you think that TJ looks particularly better than usual today, it's because he did something he swore he would never do. You see the <laughs> makeup from uh, Rich Eisen Show makeup artist Sarah Jackson. I knew the second there I closed is. my eyes, I knew, I knew what was happening. There you go. Who took that picture? Um, Brockman. Did yeah. you take it, Chris, or <laughs> did Jay Felly snap uh, it? Jay I mean, Felly. you see the angle. I'm just saying. I gave Jay Felly a pair of sneakers today, and he Thank did you. me like that. Did you get makeup today, Jay? I brought my own, which is should take you off the hook. That's even worse. <laughs> exactly. You brought You're your welcome. own Sarah, what? like we got a what? lead pipe wielding professional here. Sarah, long time ago, told me what to get, and I, uh, I have my own little. But she's here today. You didn't get it. I Chris, mean... did you get any today? Yes, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Of course did. I've never gotten makeup before, so that was that was a first. How do you feel? Bottom line is, I, I don't have a close up, so you can't really tell. Okay, but the, yeah. what are you talking about? You're, you're right there. Yeah, but you can't really, you know. We can't tell because you have, you know, big glasses, glasses yeah, on yeah, and you yeah. got your headband and you got your beard. I got a beard, you know. So. You should have a close-up, but you would prefer everyone see your, you know, toy department. Well, you remember what John case. Sally said last Monday? I had the most Afrocentric corner, corner in television, so I, There's know. so much <laughs> happening. Like, people are focused on so the a chair and not your face. That's Half right. of that stuff he got through Ashton as well. <laughs> it's not kind of like an Ashton shrine. <laughs> not over even there. true. Not even remotely true. <laughs>